Hi, and welcome to the Part 3 with me podcast. The show that helps Part 3 students jumpstart into their careers as qualified architects and also to provide refresher episodes for practicing architects. I am your host, Maria Scudari. And this week, we'll be talking about the RIBA's plan of work. Uh, and we'll be uh, giving an overview today of this. So this subject covers a PC2 of the Part 3 criteria, which is for clients, users and delivery of services. So today will be a general overview of the RIBA plan of work. And next week I will be expanding more on each of the RIBA work stages. Now let's dive into today's episode and start by defining what the plan of work is. So the plan of work was published by the Royal Institute of British Architects, also known as RIBA, and it was originally launched in 1963 as a simple matrix. And the first uh, detailed plan of work was published in 1964. So when it was first launched, its aim was to provide a framework for architects to use on projects with clients uh, offering greater clarity to different stages of a project. It was then updated in 2007, 2013, and again in 2020, if I remember correctly. Uh, Then it produced a number of key project stages, which are the known RIBA work stages, and also into the RIBA plan of work, uh, which provides a shared framework for um, design and construction, that offers both a process map and a management tool, which can be downloaded from the RIBA website. Uh, I've provided links in the episode notes to these. So the RIBA work stages, as mentioned in previous episodes, are also good, a good uh, tool for designating staged payments and identifying team member responsibilities per stage when accessing insurance liabilities. Uh, So the plan of work then in return has evolved to include the changing regulatory requirements that occur and to reflect the demands of the industry and the government, uh, because these change uh, quite often every couple of years. So the plan of work gets updated to reflect these changes. Uh, And it first started as a matrix for traditional procurement, but it now includes for multiple procurement routes. Uh, for multidisciplinary roles, government gateways, and the RIBA stages. So a key thing to remember is that the RIBA plan of work isn't intended to be a contractual document, but simply to assist the project team in defining the outcomes to be achieved at each stage. Uh, So it's a process map, in essence, um, applicable to a wide range of projects. So as part of that process map, It guides you in establishing a few core tasks uh, during the lifespan of the project, which include uh, agreeing the appointments with the professional team, developing the brief with the client, creating concept design options, coordinating the design, uh, then from that preparing the planning application, applying for the planning consent, then developing a set of construction information, uh, which help then to prepare the tender. Uh, then you would obtain the consents needed before construction starts. 
then you would award the building contract. Uh, then construction of the building would start. Then it would be inspecting the construction as it progresses. And then you finally have the handover of the finished building. So this is the roadmap the plan of work provides the project team with for promoting consistency from one stage to the next and to provide guidance to clients uh, to be able to follow and understand the process their building is going and will go through uh, up to the very final detail at handover. So before moving on to an overview of the RIBA work stages themselves, let's look into the project team. Uh, so how it's divided, who it consists of, and how and what each team feeds into the plan of work at the various stages. So the project team is typically split into the client team, the design team, and the construction team. So starting with the client team, which typically consists of professional advisors, and they are responsible for compiling the project brief and reviewing it during and at the end of each stage. And they also share it with the design team. Then you have the design team, which typically consists of the architect, um, a structural engineer, a building services engineer, a cons consultant. And you may have other specialists such as acousticians or fire engineers, depending on the nature uh, of the project to assist with the early stages of the project. Uh, and then comes the construction team, which is the contractor team in essence, responsible for manufacturing, assembling, or constructing the building. Now let's look more closely into each team, starting with the client team. So the client team is the commissioning team of the project and their typical tasks usually consist of uh, setting out the client requirements, developing the project brief, which should include the project budget and project outcomes, uh, then agreeing the most appropriate procurement route uh, and strategy, uh, appointing the design team, uh, establishing the project program, reviewing and commencing on the design as it progresses, signing off the stage reports at the end of each stage, uh, paying the design team, construction team, and any client team members, and managing stakeholder relationships and project risks. So sometimes an RIBA client advisor is appointed by the client uh, in, this, in the early stages to assist them with, the, um, with refining the project brief and selecting the design team. Uh, they also assist them with selecting the core client team members, which may consist of a project manager, a client's representative, uh, a cost consultant, an employer's agent, information manager, and so on. So this list, of course, depends on the nature and scale of the project. Uh, the key difference to bear in mind between the client and the design team is that the client team has no design responsibility, and it's up to the design team to produce a design that meets the requirements set out by the client team. So now moving on to the design team, uh, as already mentioned, they are responsible for the design of the building and for producing the information required to manufacture and construct it, uh, ultimately used by the construction team later on. So the design team is typically led by the lead designer, who is responsible for coordinating the inputs and information from each team member. 
So the core members of the design team typically consist of the lead designer, the principal designer, uh, designers in general, which includes the architect, um, landscape architect, and so on. The engineers, which can be civil, structure, and so on. The cost consultant, uh, and any other further consultants that may be needed. Uh, again, depending on the nature and scale of the project, uh, other specialists may need to be appointed as part of the design team, uh, such as a fire engineer, uh, a facade consultant, for example, or an acoustic consultant. And then finally, we have the construction team, which is the team uh, contracted under the building contract to undertake the construction works. So building work is subcontracted in packages to subcontractors, um, depending on their experience um, and their expertise in particular aspects of the project. So the key role of the construction team is to ensure the building is constructed safely with health and safety at the core of the process. Uh, they're also responsible for securing the site and arranging shared items of plant, liaising with the statutory authorities in relation to temporary requirements, for example, to erect a crane and seek approval if needed. They're also responsible for preparing the construction program for dividing the work into packages and tendering it to the most appropriate subcontractors, for procuring the work of subcontractors, uh, managing and coordinating the construction work of the different subcontractors, then delivering the completed project in line with the time, cost and quality requirements of the building contract and meeting statutory requirements and also to assess and manage construction risks. So the construction team needs a range of skills additional to those of the subcontractors to assist with the procurement process and also managing construction and facilitating logistics. That's why uh, the construction team should include uh, a principal contractor, a commercial team, a procurement team, uh, potentially package managers, design managers, uh, maybe information managers, and definitely construction managers, and so on. So those are the core project teams for any construction project. Now, sometimes you may also have project stakeholders, which are parties outside the project team, who may influence the direction of the design or impose a constraint of the project. So stakeholders can be uh, planning departments, uh, building control teams, utility companies, community groups, um, warranty and insurance providers, and so on. Uh, they generally have no contractual relationship to the project team, but the team may need to engage with them, especially if they are project partners. So that's the project team. Now let's move on to the next section of the episode, which is... Uh, an overview to the RABA work stages. So these consist of eight distinct uh, stages, ranging from stage zero to stage seven. So stage zero is strategic definition. Stage one is preparation and briefing. Stage two is concept design. Stage three is spatial coordination. Stage four is technical design. Stage five is manufacturing and construction. Stage six is handover, 
and stage seven is use. So all eight stages have been designed and set by the RIBA to act together to inform the briefing, the design, the construction, the handover and the use of a building and to help anyone involved in a building project, uh, which can be from an experienced designer through to a client undertaking their first project. So although they have designed uh, these stages to act independently from each other, uh, obviously the success of one stage leads to the success of the next. So being diligent at each stage will benefit you in the whole lifespan of the project and all of the all of the different stages. So you'll notice that the plan of work template, which is the one that is set out on a single large sheet, uh, and it has each work stage on it, and each one has a number of task bars below it that explain the key aspects of each of the stages. So this template can be found in the link attached uh, to the episode notes. So these uh, task bars contain the stage outcome, which are high-level statements of the core outcomes expected at the end of each stage, including uh, the client's requirements, project brief, and so on. Uh, then the next uh, bar is uh, the core tasks, which are key activities to be completed at each stage. Uh, then you have the core statutory processes, which are statutory requirements to be adhered to at, at each uh, stage that are set out and expected uh, from planning, uh, health and safety legislation and the building regulations. So these statutory requirements should have been set out within the project program. Uh, next, you have the procurement strategy. Uh, so this task bar is mainly provided to highlight when the construction team would need to come on board, uh, depending on which procurement route the project follows, whether it's traditional design and build and so on. Uh, and then finally, you have the information exchanges, which sets out the agreed method of exchanging information amongst the project team and ensures that at the end of each stage, all necessary information required for client sign-off has been captured and issued. So it's critical that all the information required for the next stage is exchanged and captures the basis on which this information was determined on. Um, so once you have a look at the template, um, all these tasks will make sense and each um, one under each RAB workstage has the different uh, items that they expect you to um, have information on and to do next. So it'll make more sense once you have a look at that template. Uh, so these five are the core tasks, uh, the ones that I just mentioned, that appear on the RIBA plan of work template. Um, but there are a few more tasks that the plan of work has expanded on in its uh, glossary, which it recommends to be considered during the progress of a project. So these additional ones include uh, project strategies, uh, which assist in teasing out specific briefing issues and allowing all team members to contribute to the design process and enabling the lead designer to coordinate the information into the broader design. And this allows the decision-making process for each stage to be clearly defined and processed. Then you have a conservation strategy so this taskbar obviously is mainly for use on conservation projects only uh, to help map the approach that the project team can take 
when dealing with historic buildings, um, emphasizing the management of the relevant heritage protection measures. And then you have the cost plan strategy, which sets out the construction cost of the building, which of course will adapt and change between the different stages. Uh, at the early stages, the cost plan can potentially be based on uh, industry norms uh, for a similar building type, uh, adjusted to take into account market conditions, uh, project changes and risks. So eventually an elemental cost plan can be developed which breaks down the cost for the building into different building systems. Uh, then there's a task for the fire safety strategy. So a fire safety strategy must be integrated from the point at which the building project is identified and will continue through the ongoing asset management of the building. So it will, of course, change and adapt as the project progresses through the different stages. So initially, a site appraisal should be carried out to determine the fire safety suitability against the client's requirements and then adapted from there as the project progresses. So fire safety is obviously very important now uh, post Grenfell. So um, the RIBA requires you to have a fire strategy on board from the very beginning, from the outset on all uh, projects. Uh, then you have health and the health and safety strategy which should be considered again early on in the project uh, to secure safe construction, occupation, maintenance and future reuse or demolition of the project. Uh, so the health and safety strategy should set out clear health and safety objectives. Then you have uh, inclus an inclusive design strategy, which should be developed from the outset and implemented over the building's useful life. Uh, this should include accessibility and inclusion for people with disabilities, which meets uh, the Part M requirements of the building regulations and complies with the Equality Act. Uh, then you should consider the planning strategy, uh, which includes assessing planning issues from the outset and not leaving it until stage three to make certain the project goes through the planning process and smoothly as possible. So you can identify early on if they're going to if there are going to be any potential planning issues so you can deal with them from the beginning rather than having to go through the headache of um, having problems with the planning consultants and officers. Uh, then you have the plan for use strategy, which is the RIBA's interpretation of the soft landings framework, which encourages a more outcome based approach to briefing, design, construction, handover and aftercare. And finally, you have the sustainability strategy, which provides a framework that can help uh, project teams in developing targets from the sustainability outcomes for their buildings uh, sustainability strategy. So this is quite a core element as well that um, the RIBA introduced into their plan of work and it's essential as part of the process of your um, project to establish a sustainability strategy from the very beginning. So all these tools are provided and are accessible from the RIBA's website, uh, which I have provided the links to in the episode notes. So to sum up today's episode, remember that the RIBA plan of work isn't intended to be a contractual document, but to assist the project team in defining the outcomes to be achieved at each stage. Uh, 
It's a roadmap that provides the project team with guidance and for promoting consistency from one stage to the next and to provide guidance to clients to be able to follow and understand the process the building is going and will go through. Remember that the project team is divided into the client team, design team and construction team and that there are eight work stages in the plan of work designed and set out by the RIBA to act together to inform the briefing, design, construction, handover and use of a building and to help anyone involved in a building project uh, from an experienced designer through to a client undertaking their first project. Uh, Join me next week um, for next week's episode where I will be expanding into the RIBA work stages in more depth. If you would like to get in contact with me, please feel free to email me on the address provided in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening. This is an educational show aimed at supporting the future generation of architects. The information, opinions and recommendations presented in this podcast are for general information only and any reliance on the information provided in this podcast is done at your own risk. Please join me next week for some more part three with me time.